Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Today's guest is Ian Cleary. Ian and I talk about content and how to use content when it comes to social media. If you look in the show notes, you can find Ian's contact information. He is constantly coming out with new and improved courses. You should follow him on social for all the latest platforms, tips, tricks, and tools. Let's welcome Ian. Okay, so we're in week four, and I have a special guest today. His name is Ian Cleary, and I'll tell you a little bit about him. We're going to be talking about content with Ian, and he's going to share some of his blogging content secrets, processes, platforms, and tools. So Ian um, actually has an award-winning blog called Razor Social and was awarded um, top 10 social media blogs in 2013 and 2014, so definitely I would recommend following that blog. And he um, speaks at a number of conferences, and I thought he'd be a great guest today to share some of his blogging secrets and on content and tools. So Ian, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Lisa. Delighted to be uh, on the call. Good. So um, just tell us, um, I know I gave you a little bit of an intro, but I think it's interesting where you are located and kind of a little, maybe a little bit more background on some of the conferences you've done. And Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm based in Ireland, and I suppose what's really great about an online business is it doesn't matter where you're based. And I work with lots of people around the world, and I have an office about, about two minutes walk from my house, which is just brilliant. And I do go over every couple of months I go to the US mainly for conferences. I do some conferences in Europe, a lot in the US. And that's really, there's only so much networking you can do online. It's nice to meet people in person as well. So we haven't met in person yet, Lisa, but I think an occasion will come soon, no doubt. But it's always nice to meet people, at, you know, and, and shake hands with them, have a drink or have a bite to eat. That's really important in the, in the world of social media. Definitely, and I think that that's kind of become the norm in the business world is that you meet you meet um, business associates and friends online through Twitter and network with them or Facebook or, you know, whatever the network is, and then you end up, you know, ha creating relationships, and sometimes, you know, I, you know, you're, we, you're, we're a perfect example. I have other um, conference friends that we'll see each other online, and then we'll see each other speaking, and we'll be like, oh my god, and we've been friends for, you know, 10 years or something online. So, um, just also a quick intro, we also have um, Sydney and Janine here listening in, um, in case we have any questions at the end. So I just want to do a quick intro for Sydney and Janine. They're both with the buyer group. So Ian, let's get right into question number one. So um, we hear the phrase so much, content is king. I mean, it's been around for a while and now it's being applied to social media. So why is that important to social media? If you're a social media manager, which um, everyone in this class is taking and focusing on social media management, why is content king and what makes it so important? What are some, some insights you can give to that? Yeah, I mean, to me, is everybody's online searching, either searching through the likes of Google or interacting to Facebook and Twitter and Google+. So people are on there searching and interacting, so they're looking for content. So, like, as a business, for example, how could you not be involved in that conversation somehow? And we talk about the blogging side. I mean, I drive a lot of traffic to our site through a blog, and that's all content. So you're going to be producing all this content anyway, but you just need to produce it on the right platforms and in the right way so that you're found as opposed to your competitor. 
So you say the right platforms and in the right way. Can you give us some examples of what you mean by the right platform and in the right way? So if you're talking about a, a blog, you know, basically on my own website, I need to have that blog on my own website because that's where I want to drive traffic to. And when I'm creating this content, I need to think about the audience that's searching. So I'm considering, well, what are they actually searching for on Google? And then I'm making sure I'm delivering content that my audience is searching for. Uh, and that ends up bringing a lot of traffic to the site. But if you're on something like Twitter, uh, you know, the content you deliver, of course, is different because a lot of it's short messages. Uh, you're, you have a, a relationship with people. You're interact, uh, interacting with people through conversations. So it's completely different than a blog. So you need to think about who is, who is on the platform and how are you going to interact with them. Okay, great point. And then um, I hear and I agree with the statement that the blog is in many ways the nucleus of your social media content. It's the road that it travels from and travels to. What, can you give us some insight on the blog being the nucleus of social media content? Yeah, I mean, I like building up Facebook fans, Twitter followers, Google Plus followers. That's all great. But I always like bringing people back to my home base, which is my website and my blog, because that's what I own, you know, that's, uh, Facebook could turn around and close up in the morning, but my website's always going to be there. And the blog then attracts people in, so I'm writing good content that's relevant to my target audience. People are finding me through social media channels or through Google, coming back into the blog. Now, once I get people onto the blog, I try and build email subscribers, because what I want to do is turn people that visit into some of them will turn into customers but the blog is the first time maybe they may have you know clicked on the link on twitter that's brought them straight back into the blog at that stage they're not going to be ready to buy products we sell a lot of online training products but they're not ready to buy at that stage so i try to build them as email subscribers and then build the relationship over time and then maybe invite them on webinars or and give them more free training and then provide them an opportunity to buy. So it's, it's much easier if you're managing the audience yourself and you own the audience, then you'll always own that audience. So email subscribers is extremely important, and a blog is a great way of building those email subscribers. Okay, some great points. So can you share some of the blogging content secrets of success for, um, for the class and some, if they're going to be a social media manager, what do they need to know? Or if they're not going to be the social media manager, if they're in charge of social media, overseeing somebody, what do they need to be on the lookout for? And um, what are some of your secrets? Okay. <laughs> I divulge all my secrets. Yes. Okay. So, okay. So a couple of things. One, I'm going to give a couple of tools because I, I love my tools. And I'm sure Lisa, you've come across a lot of these already. But one is called SEM Rush, and there's a free part and a paid part. So you can get away with just using the free part. And what you can do is you can put in your competitor into SEM Rush, and it's going to show you the top keywords that this competitor is getting traffic on. Now, if you know what the competitor is getting traffic on, well, then you can look at that keywords, and you can start writing content based around those keywords, and you'll start getting some of their traffic. I'm not saying to write the same post of them or copy their content. It's just looking for keywords and then using them keywords within your content. That's one secret I use a lot to take a lot of competitors' traffic. I love it. That works really well. Is it sneaky or not? I don't know. It's just the tools are available online. 
you need to do your research. That's one. I often use Buzzumo as well. And what that does is does analysis of a competitor's website and shows me the most shared content. So what I'm looking to find out is what's popular on my competitor's content. If it's popular and they're serving the same audience, it's probably going to be popular on my site. So if you want lots of shares in your content, you don't have to just think up of ideas yourself. You can go and see, well, what's most popular with the competitor's site and come up with a variation of that content or a much better version of the content. That's extremely important. And what was the name of that one again? Uh, that's called BuzzZumo, S-U-M-O. Okay. Now, a third tip is related to content length. I often tell people, always do content at least 1,000 words. Now, the thing is, you don't have to do it at least 1,000 words, but I find detailed content does a lot better uh, on Google. And the reason detailed content does better is, if I write the ultimate guide to Google Analytics, if it's a 2,000-word post and it's a really good guide, well, lots of people are going to share it and lots of people are going to link to it. If lots of people link to it, well, then it's got, the ranking's going to go up within Google. If I write a 200-word post, the chances are, unless I'm a, an amazing writer, which I'm not, <laughs> if you're an amazing writer, you might be able to write something in 200 words that's amazing and everybody will link to it. But that doesn't work for me. I find I have to do detailed posts. So writing lots of 200-word posts generally doesn't get you too far. But if you write really detailed posts, you know, generally you would do a lot better. And the most detailed posts I have on the site are the ones that get most traffic to this day still. So there are three, three secrets. I think if you look for them three secrets on its own and, and look back from the blog point of view, it would definitely make a difference. Okay, so 1,000-word posts is basically the... Um the bottom line to that versus 200 word posts. Yeah, now I really just give the number of words just to give people a guideline. You know, maybe you do a post that's 700 words, but it's a brilliant post. That's great. You know, I've often done posts where it's two or 3,000 words, and I put so much detail and effort into it, that does really well. Do you want a couple more tips? Yeah, definitely. Or if you have tools or tips, either one. Okay, so I have another tip about uh, doing group posts. Group posts work really well. So imagine if I started a brand new blog in the morning and nobody knows about me. I could spend weeks and weeks writing lots of content or I could write one piece of content and involve a lot of influential people in that content. So for example, if I had a business teaching people presentation skills, I'd reach out to people that are well-known speakers and I'd say, would you mind me give me a tip, your best tip for speaking? Make it very easy. And then what you do is you create a, a post with 30, 40, or 50 different speakers, all giving their tips. You publish that post, and then you reach out to all the speakers and say, thank you very much for your contribution. You don't even have to ask them to share it. Just say, thank you very much for your contribution. Here's the link to the post. And of course, they all know you want them to share, and they'll all share. Now, all of a sudden, your blog is known. So now you get lots of traffic, and that could be the very first post that you do. So 
I love that tip. Can I tell you why I love that tip? Because coming from a public relations standpoint and a lot of the students, uh, most of the students have picked public relations as their specialty. It's it's like it's really driving to that ego. So once you are involving somebody in a story, you're you're playing, you know, you're you're getting to their ego and that's going to encourage them to share. So I love that tip because that's a good way to get more publicity. Yeah, you're right. It's an ego thing. People love being mentioned. And the thing about it is, is people say, well, how do I get 50 of the top speakers, for example, to give my tips? Well, you don't have to get 50. You have to get two or three. And then the fourth message you send, you say, by the way, these three people that you know are already in this post. And then, of course, from the ego point of view, people go, I have to be in the post. Exactly. And then they feel, people feel, well, why didn't you ask me? They, they, they feel that they're being left out if you're if they're not in the post so it's it's the first couple are the hardest and then once you get a couple of people in then it's uh, it gets easier after that but that certainly really helps and like I say it's 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 an ego thing with people <laughs> perfect so I have a, a question about um social media management and productivity. So there's so many different tools to choose from. I get emails every day about this new tool and that new tool. And if you're a new social media manager um, and you want to really be efficient, what are do you have some productivity um, efficiency type of tools or platforms that you recommend? Yeah, let me see. Okay, so for pure productivity, as in from social media management or just general productivity? Social media management in okay, general. So, okay, cool. Whichever. So, I'll give you some of the tools I use. I still use Hootsuite. I think Hootsuite is a great tool, and I've checked out loads of them. And because it's free for the functionality I use, um, it, I generally use that. I like using Buffer App because so uh, if I'm browsing the web and I find some great content to share, I don't want to create tweets and then schedule the messages and everything. So with Buffer, within the browser, there's a little button. You click the button. And it'll automatically share that content. It'll put it into a queue and automatically share it to your audience at a time that you specified already. So it's like airplanes queuing up to take off. You know, your content is all queued up uh, with Buffer. So you can sit down and go, well, I have 20 great articles to share. No point in sharing them all at the same time. So I buffer them all. And then Buffer will look after all the scheduling. So that certainly helps on, on the productivity side. Uh, another tool I use for uh, catching up on all the blog posts. So, if you want to, if you're going to be a blogger, you need to read, you know. And reading will give you lots of ideas, and it'll help you build your network as you interact with other bloggers. So, rather than going to each site to figure out the blogs, what you can do is put all the blog posts into Feedly. So you subscribe to the blog content, it goes into Feedly, and then you can read all your blog content from Feedly. And that just saves a lot of time. And that's F-E-E-D-L-Y. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, I use use a tool for pure productivity when I'm writing called Focus App Booster. I'm pretty sure it's Focus App Booster. And what it does, it's based on the Pomodoro technique where you allocate 20 minutes. It set a time for 20 minutes. I write for 20 minutes, then stop for a couple of minutes and set it again for 20 minutes. And if I'm writing, if you don't schedule the writing before you know it, three hours are gone, and you know, so I just limit my time all the time with the writing side of things. And writing is a habit, so I do. I write every single day, and you just get into the habit of writing, you know. 
I like that one. Okay, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, so you have over 17,000 Twitter followers, which is quite impressive. So how did, how, do you have any secrets on how you built that type of following and how long did it take and some insights that you can share with maybe somebody that's just starting out on Twitter personally or as a brand? Well, I suppose it, it's, um, it probably is over the last two years, but I, I don't really focus on building the followers. I do focus on connecting with people that are relevant. So if somebody follows me, I look at the profile and go, are they relevant? You know, is it, is it uh, relevant to my business or it could be a potential partnership or somebody potentially interested in my content? And I'll follow people back uh, like that as well. But as I'm promoting content all the time, I just stick to the stuff that I know and I'm good at all around the tools type content. So people start following me because they know they're getting relevant information related to that. I mean, I'm not into the cat pictures, you know, <laughs> or any of that. So uh, it's, it's, if you're specialized in a particular niche, make sure you provide really good content around that niche, or niche, as you call it in the US. <laughs> and that's, that's, uh, that's your content, but I share mostly somebody else's content, other people's content. And I know you do the same, Lisa. So it's sharing a lot of other people's content and some of your own and become known for delivering really good content. And then people will just naturally follow you. Now, I found if you want to get a, a good few followers quickly, a, a Twitter chat is really good. So that's where people come onto Twitter at a specified time talking about a specific subject. So find a Twitter chat based on what you're interested in and just start interacting. And you will get followers and, and network of people. It's a great, great place. You know, I, I just got a notification of a Buffer chat. I think it's tonight. And it's the guys in Buffer. And there'll be a couple of hundred people interacting. And it's certainly a place to get to know people. Yeah, actually one of our projects for the class is to participate in a Twitter chat. So I'll have to add, oh, add the, um, is the Buffer chat a regular chat or is it just kind of a one-off one that happens once in a while? Is it weekly? I think it's weekly now. They only really uh, started about a month ago. So it, it, yeah, it's meant to be very active and, uh, and it's, a, it's a pretty good one already. Okay, great. So one last question. Um, you know, the focus, my focus, my angle on social media is from a public relations aspect. So how can we use social media to get more publicity in a positive way? So do you have any last tips on any social media? I mean, the one that you gave was great um, about the blog posts, including groups of people that are influential. Any other tips or tools on um, when it comes to just getting the maximizing the visibility part of social media for a brand? So you want to you want to connect with journalists, is it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, journalists are just people, and people are on social media channels. So identify these people. For example, on Twitter, I would reach out and find who are the journalists that are active on Twitter, and start following them, and start interacting with them. And in my head, all the time with these guys is how can I help them? That's my number one thing. Because if I can help them, they'll always want to help me back. Okay. Uh, so, so what I do is identify some of these people, and then I find out who these people are talking to on a regular basis. Because the people they're talking to on a regular basis are probably going to be other influential people. And I use a tool called Twitterland to find out who they're talking to. Actually, no, it's Twitonomy, T-W-I-T-O-N-O-M-Y. And that will show me who these influential people are interacting with on a regular basis. So I can start building that list. 
Uh, okay. I heard I heard a, a really great tip right from Dennis Yu from Blitzmetrics. So I have yes. to give Dennis credit for this. So okay. What he's he one does, of our speakers too. He's one of our interviews. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. So you can yeah. mention that I did say it was him that gave it the tip. Okay. What he does is he um, does some Twitter advertising based on a, a custom audience. So, for example, if you want journalists to hear about you, what he does is if there's an article about him, he will write like an article about him on Wall Street Journal. and he, So he wants similar journalists to see that there was an article about him. So what he does is creates a custom audience in Facebook with email addresses of different journalists or different workplaces where they work. And then he targets them with that particular article. So they get to see that he that people are writing about him on Wall Street Journal. And that helps him get uh, articles in other press. Brilliant. So, really well. so ask him about that one because that's a, a great one he has. You know? Yes, that's a great example. So we just have one more question um, from Sydney, actually. She wanted to know, how did you start your company and where did you get the idea for the name? Okay. So. And also, if you, you can see it in the chat. She wants to know how you make money. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right all this content. Where do you get money? Okay. So I'll tell you the story was uh, our original company was called Razor Coast. And Razor was about cutting edge technology. And I was looking for a domain name that worked. And, and then I lived by the beach and went coast, put the two of them together. And a branding guy said to me one day, Oh, them names are brilliant. We can do coast up and, you know, all the sea and, and, and make that into the brand. Anyway. I was then looking at the US and uh, starting the blog, and I didn't know where we'd end up. So I said I'd do a separate one, keep the Razor side of things, and then just tag social off the end of it. So that's where we end up with Razor Social. So some names work and some names don't. I'm happy with the name, the way it's worked out. So I um, give it a thumbs up. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, and then where do we make money? So we make money in a few different places. Uh, so we write con blog content, we attract people in, we build an email subscriber database, and then we promote things like webinars. So again, the webinars are free. So we say we had a webinar a couple of weeks ago, it was a blogging webinar. So what happened is people know us, like us, trust us. They come onto the webinar, and we give more free content, and then at the end of the webinar, we sell our training course. So we sell an online training course. So we sell a range of Four to five hundred dollars per course, and it's an online course that people can get access to. So we're doing webinars twice a month now, but my goal is to do them every single day because they we sell, we sell on the webinars. People are prepared to buy at the end of a webinar. So you provide value, 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 build a relationship, build trust, and then sell. Uh, we do have affiliate relationships with some tool providers. So when we mention some tools, uh, we get affiliate commission for some of the tools, so, and that's sort of growing every every month. Um, we're at the moment just at the moment we're, we're doing a free three-part training program on blogging, and it'll be fully automated. So you'll sign up to the training, you get the first course, you get an email of the second part, third part, and then you'll get an offer saying the cart is now open, and then you'll be offered a, a deal for the course. And then you can sign up and buy it. Now, the good thing about all that is it's completely automated, the whole cycle. So we never have to be involved in that whole process. Um, we use a tool called Entreport, which is a marketing automation tool. And uh, that helps us automate the whole lot. So 
Okay. So I can see Sydney is going to be a blogger for sure. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. Yep. Okay. Take notes. Well, at least um, you've kind of explained the process. So for all those wannabe bloggers out there, they're either going to want to do it or it's not going to be interesting to them. But yeah. I think it's awesome. Congratulations on your business. Thank you very much. I mean, there's always there's always still plenty to do and plenty place to go. We're still growing it, but we have a process that works, and we've sort of figured it out over the last two years now. We made tons of mistakes as we got along, but there you go. That's part of entrepreneurship. Yeah, and that's part of being in social media too. Where you know to try to be perfect, I think that's um, not realistic. So just being authentic and keep trying and learn from your mistakes is part of the process. Exactly. Like I mean, I get some people saying, "Oh, uh, can you give us some content for an article?" And it really depends on what their email is like, what they'll answer. If they come to me and say, "I'm a brand new site." I've no audience at all. Would you give me some content? I'm more likely to do that because they're being totally honest. Like I said, right. Lisa, it's just being honest, you know. And it's, you know, treat influential people like normal people, you know, and treat them nicely. Think about how you can help other people as much as possible, and that just keeps on coming back to you, you know. That's great advice, Ian. So we're just about out of time, and I know you're probably ready for dinner over there. Um, but I really appreciate you being part of it and doing the guest inter interview for the University of Florida for the students. And is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? Just, I suppose, the, the social media side of things, people, get, people think uh, you know, writing all this content is a waste of time, and it's actually completely the opposite. But you do need to write really good quality content and really plan things properly and look at your conversion funnel. How are you going to convert people from a reader to a buyer and work that out? But if you do put the effort in, you'll keep on building audience, building audience all the time and build a really good business. So there's huge potential in it. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Ian. We're going to sign off now. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.